This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. We see surface and think that that's what makes us different in the world, where voice is what makes us different and perspective is what makes us different. Um, so know that you're, you have a voice in the world. Um, for me, I wake up each day and I, I truly say to myself, like, I play big in the world because I believe it. Brand partnerships. They're one of the holy grails of a successful athletic career. So what would you talk about if you had one hour with a high-level brand marketing community expert specialized in working with pro athletes and athletic wear brands? Let me, let me help you with that. Here's the answer. Coming up, Megan Dolce, former global men's community manager for athletic apparel giant Lululemon, and CEO and co-founder of High Noon, a community space with a focus on mental health, nutrition, and overall well-being, joins me in a wide-ranging conversation, and we talk about a lot, including women knowing their worth more than ever in sports and in business, diversity in marketing and branding, why mental health issues are a real thing in athletics, and how they affect marketing strategy. How to align with the right brand partnership so it's authentic to your audiences. And the impact of the Me Too movement on brand marketing decision making today. I am a champion. I'm winning, I'll win it all. I'm Dale Moss, and this is The Game Plan. Megan, thank you for coming on the show. We are officially live. You know, we we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, women empowerment, the Me Too movement is is everywhere. Now, from a branding perspective, how is this impacting the way that brands are thinking or should be think, thinking when it comes to their consumers? Yeah, I think brands are becoming more conscious of it. Um, just thinking about what they say and how they say it. Mm-hmm. Um thinking about how it translates on the other end. Yep. Um, I think when, for me, for instance, specifically to when I worked in Lululemon, I worked within men's and I worked within men's marketing. Mm-hmm. And as much as, and I became conscious of it, of course, but I was also from the female side of it, because I am a female, but then also came conscious of it from the male side of it. Yeah. Um, and it was something I started to bring into conversation around events, mm-hmm. right? Just to say, I know how she feels and I want to know how you feel yeah. within this movement. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone needs to be more conscious of yeah. it. Well, and particularly you talked about Lululemon. Uh, when there's a distinct dis- uh, separation between men's and women's apparel, um, you know, how, how are you seeing brands kind of shift? Because there's unisex apparel all over now. Yeah, Um you know, that that's a hard question only in the context of so many brands are separated between mm-hmm. male and female. I don't know if brands are going to go ha- go ahead and create a unisex line. Yeah. I think maybe they'll just be open to the diversity of both lines. Okay. okay. Um, whether or not for him or her. Okay. But yeah, I'm curious as to see where that goes as well. Yeah. So so with uh, with Lululemon, obviously you worked with so many pro athletes and and things. But take us. Uh, can you can you share that journey on how that started? Yeah. So I actually started my career in fashion corporate. Fashion. Okay. I worked in. Fa- you know, I grew up in New York. I had went to FIT. I had always wanted to work in fashion. I worked in fashion for eight years, mm-hmm. and then realized that I was following a paycheck but I wasn't following anything other than that. Yep. Um, so shortly, well, eight, eight years into it, I had realized that I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I was following the dollar and yeah. I wanted to follow something so much more. So I ended up meeting somebody from that worked at Lululemon. I met them while I was on a trip to LA. LA. Okay. And then they said, have you ever thought about working at Lululemon Athletica? I never did. And then before you know it, I had quit my job. Everybody thought I was crazy. It's completely transitioned. Yeah, yeah. And then I I realized, too, the biggest learning for me there was, you know, even my parents, they were like, Meg, you're making such good money. You're in fashion. Mm -hmm. You're throwing a lot of it away. As much as they were supportive, they were also, like, cautious. Yeah. Because generationally, it was just different. And in that moment, I realized there are so many lessons that your parents teach you, but then there are so many lessons that you teach your parents. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I really taught them 
that following your passion yeah. leads to everything else that you wanted. Right. Where, when you started uh, and made that switch, where was Lululemon at uh, as far as a, a, oh. a brand? Because they've grown exponentially over yeah. the years. Yeah, I mean, where were we at and where was Lululemon at? You know, I'm thinking, I don't even remember, to yeah. be completely honest. Um, it felt so long ago. Now it's nearly seven years seven ago years. that I started. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've left them since. Um but seven years ago, you know, Chip Wilson was still the CEO, yep. and yeah, it was just it was really different. And one of your, one of your tasks, and uh, from my understanding, is glo- uh, you worked on a global scale, yeah. in really developing community strategic. Uh, yeah. Part- so my my journey through Lululemon was that I had started and I left fashion to go into mm-hmm. retail. Okay. Which people thought I was even more <laughs> more so crazy. I started in their Brooklyn showroom. From their Brooklyn showroom, I went to um, open their first Brooklyn. Brooklyn store in Cobble Hill. Yep. I'm also from Brooklyn, so there was a lot of pride Brooklyn there. Yeah. Brooklyn. Um, and then I opened up our first ever men's store on mm-hmm. Prince Street. Um, and after that, I wanted to be in a global role. I had always been in corporate. Um, I got a global role based out in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It was essentially at that time what I thought was my dream role. And I had thought for so long that I wanted to move out of New York. Yep. And then I had this oh shit moment of, I didn't want to leave New York. Mm-hmm. I had met, I loved New York. I'm from here. I had met someone and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my cards on this. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing the global role from New York for quite some time mm-hmm. before they ended up needing somebody in Vancouver. And I just, I couldn't make the transition there. Yeah. 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 Everyone's here. So then I took on um, a Northeast role, really like landing on like what um, men's looks like in men's spe- in New York specifically mm-hmm. because it was one of our biggest markets. Yeah, their biggest markets. So, so we talk about transitions, and a lot of athletes go through this. People in business go through this uh, all the time. Um, you know, what was that turning point, or where where did you just finally decide to make the switch, and what what was that like for you? The switch in fashion to, or even transitioning outside of Lululemon. Oh wow, one of the most you know, respected athletic wear, yeah. um, fitness brands, uh, into everything that you're, that you're doing now. I mean, definitely not an easy switch. Yeah. It, I, I would go from the highs of being like, I got this to the lows of like, do I got this? And it was just, it ebbed and flowed a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I was telling someone, I was like, you know, this, what I did was I built a consulting business mm-hmm. before I had left. So then I had clients already. I it was an easier transition, and I had worked from home too. Yeah. So the working from home part made it an easier transition because I had always truly worked alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still hard. I remember the week before I was like in tears, saying I can't do this. Yeah. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready to quit. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do this. So 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 one one portion that we we talk about in. On, on this show, but in, in life and in general, like there's a turning point. So that this sounds like this may be that rock bot, that point yeah. where you're like, oh shit, what am I going to do? Um, can you just dive in a little bit more yeah. on that and what that was like yeah, and I how think, you came out of it as I well? I think that, the, you know, we, we toggle about a lot about the turning point, but I think the turning point is the moment when you realize you truly have a choice, uh-huh. right? Like this turning point didn't come to me. I had to make that that choice and that decision to actually take it. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and it was hard. And I had to think about everything. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, I grew up and, you know, as much as my parents would drive me to do whatever I wanted to do, they, they a lot of the aspects are, okay, do you have health insurance? Are you play? You know, there was a little bit of play it safe. Yeah. And I knew taking this road wasn't the safe road. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I could either stay stagnant or I can save stagnant and content or I can go for growth and fear. And I I chose growth and fear. And I literally had to look at those two, those two words on both ends and say that I'm choosing growth and fear because I felt like I wasn't growing anymore. So it made the decision a lot easier for me. When you look at a lot of these corporate brands, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have have issues because you talk about the growth. They're capped to a degree. Um, how how are companies developing a more authentic uh, company culture, something that's real, that's more relatable to people being actual human? Yeah. Um, you know, 
one of the reasons why I bet on Lululemon when I had left fashion was truly because of the culture. Mm -hmm. There was nothing around, you know, the I wasn't chasing the dollar. I was chasing, hey, what is the culture? What is the growth potential that I have? Like yeah. I always look at what is the long-term growth? Mm -hmm. And there was so much there. And I think with companies now, they're thinking about that, right? Like yeah. happiness in people that work for you, that hits the bottom line. Mm -hmm in so many ways. And the companies that are doing it well, do it well. Yeah. And therefore have not only the dollars to show for it, but also have the people yeah. to show for it, right? Like mm -hmm. there's there's nothing more, more important in life than people. Yeah. And that's within companies and outside. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say like, even in the essence of, hey, you need two things to survive living in New York and that's good people on your bench yeah. and that's a good winter coat. Okay. Everything else is an accessory. <laughs> that's that's you know? something that, yeah, that's a, that's good to stand by. Definitely yeah, yeah. So, um, no, that's, that's powerful because again, with social media being such a prevalent thing, but also uh, if we're talking about from from a, from an athlete's perspective or someone who's represented by a brand, you know, how do they align themselves with something that really authentically speaks with them, yeah. and 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 so they they can have success and work with the right brands for years to come. I mean, I would say one, it's like there's two things: it's believe in the product and believe in the people. Mm -hmm. um, Every partnership that we've had, whether it was with a professional athlete or a fitness professional, local or global, like it, it always started with the foundational aspect of a relationship. Like yep. there is no greater value. So if, if you don't have the relationship, then it's just a transaction. And you know what? In some cases, that's okay too. But I think in the long run, when you really want a long-lasting partnership on both ends, mm -hmm. the relationship is the foundation. You could talk about money. You can talk about everything is so much easier yeah. when you have that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was really things like something that I looked to the most, right? It, was, yep. it, it wasn't just about, okay, who is the best athlete that we can make an ambassador? Who is this? It's like, hey, who is that person mm -hmm. that you – like like that you're bringing on as a friend. Yeah. Like who's your exactly. new friend in, yep. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, I, I agree with that, that, that holy from, from my perspective um, as, as an athlete and transitioning into different spaces, uh, I still am always looking for that community and that team. And, and that's, that's not always the, the easiest thing to find. But like you said, when brands are doing it right, um, they're doing it right. And some are, are kind of missing the mark. Like where would you say, brands are, are missing the mark the most right now when it comes to connecting or working with athletes or really, or even just connecting with community in a major way? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of brands are focused on digital and I mm -hmm. think there's so much beauty that comes out of digital. Um, but yet I, th I do think that we need to focus more on true FaceTime. Yep. And with that, it definitely takes uh, you know, more people, right? Mm -hmm. Because even for me, when I was in the global role, I I was trying to hold all of these relationships at once. Yeah. And honestly, they fell short. Mm -hmm. They did. And it was because I was one person really trying to manage them all mm -hmm. and to support them all. Yeah. And therefore, I just, I couldn't do it. So that's where I feel like brands should be focused more on. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's considering every person you hire needs to be a community face-to-face -face person. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that, that's, that's a great point that you have there. Coming up, you're going to hear Megan share how you can have the right team and the right community in place. Here's what I want you to do. Check out all the episodes of The Game Plan at my website, officialdalemoss.com. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever the best podcasts are found. In, in everything we do in life, whether it's sports, business, coaching and mentors play a valuable, valuable role. Who has been a mentor to you and how has that helped you along your growth uh, as an entrepreneur in a, in, in a completely different space in business? Yeah, I wish I had one for you. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I it's always been a hard question for me, like who is that one mentor? I think the, the person I quote the most is definitely my mom yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, 
why I say that is because I've was always brought up of like Megan, if you wanted to be president, you could be president. Mm-hmm. Um, hence, Megan, hence Mayor Dolce. Yeah, Ma- yeah. Megan, always know your worth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and th- she just she really ingrained this like um, this beautiful like confidence in me. Yeah, and like you've got this mentality, mind you. Your your strength can also yield like can also create a weakness. Mm-hmm. So I used to have, and I still do sometimes have yeah. this weakness of like, I got this. I don't need you, mm-hmm. which can be really vicious. Yeah. So it's you which know, kind of goes against the the whole building the right team and yeah, being able to let things yeah, go. But yeah, it's a battle that we all. It see. is a battle, okay. and I I had to, and it's something that I have grown leaps and bounds through. Mm-hmm. Right, just really saying, okay, Megan, yes. You are confident. You are independent. You have this, yep. but then again, you people need people. Yeah. So don't push people away. So I'd say her and my dad have been truly like mm-hmm. my greatest mentors. Like they've always got my back. Yeah. And then just from the other realms of you know in business, I um I have so many people I look up to, yeah. and I can't name one because I'm constantly reading something, taking tidbits, reading something else, taking tidbits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have one person that I'm like, okay, this is my person. Are there are there specific things uh, as business and career has shifted? Are there certain lessons that you feel are extremely valuable for the audience to know that, you know, to help them find success? I mean, I do think the, the biggest thing is always believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And you talked about worth, you know, knowing yeah. your worth, especially yeah. a woman in business in New York, uh, around men left and right. What is what has that process been like? I mean, I also another quote from my mom is people treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I live by that. Yep. I've I've been really because she's instilled in that that in me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't crossed anybody that has yeah. treated me poorly. Yeah. Um, and it's because I always know my worth. Um, not, and I shouldn't say always, like I, you know, I do have my down moments of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm all, I always make sure that I get back to Megan, know your worth. You've got this. I think that's the biggest thing. It's, you know, I've just came back from a museum in Barcelona and it was the Picasso museum. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, what made Picasso Picasso? And it wasn't necessarily, yes, his paintings were amazing. His sculptures were amazing. But what made him, him was that he, he believed in in himself. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, people joke around that, Hey, Picasso can draw a stick figure and it will be in there for sure. But there's this element of belief and of evolution where he woke up each day to be better and he just he loved the mundane was was what helped him evolve and yep. grow his success. Mm-hmm. Um so I'd say like there's a few different things it's like one the mundane gets you there don't hope for a a miracle tomorrow like you actually need to work at yep. it. Two it's like always get back to knowing your worth. Um I think the biggest thing and we get this totally wrong is that we see we see surface and think that that's what makes us different in the world where mm-hmm. voice is what makes us different and perspective is what makes us different um so know that you're you have a voice in the world um for me i wake up each day and i i truly say to myself like i play big in the world because i believe it and that wh- when was that point where you really just like you said, woke up and you're like, damn, I've I've got some influence in this world. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was a point where somebody asked me, they were like, hey, so what do you do for social impact? And I was looking around and I saw everybody and they were signing checks, right? They mm-hmm. were signing checks for charities and like that's what they were asking me, like what do I do for social impact? And I said, you're asking me what check I'm signing where social impact to me means how do I treat people from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed? Yep. And within those moments, I I always look at what can I teach? What can I learn? What can I give? Mm-hmm. And if that means giving somebody on the street that's asking for a dollar, a smile and saying, I hope you have a great day when I don't have a dollar. Like that's what I do. Yeah. Like to me, that's social impact. This is, so this is, this is an interesting uh, point that you brought up and uh, you know, I'm going to tie this back into some of the things that we see in sports, the cultural and social impact that it's having. 
and with athletes speaking out, advocating for for different causes. It's it, it's all over in the media. So if you're an athlete, you know, and the brand or company that you're partnered with decides to go a different direction, that's completely against your uh your philosophy or your morals how how do you navigate something like that because there you know there's always shifts yeah i mean your voice is your greatest skill set mm-hmm. right so if if you're an athlete and you feel like you're tied to a brand that isn't aligned with your core values yeah like it's time to pivot yep nobody feels good doing something that they don't believe in or standing for something that that they don't stand for mm-hmm. you know and i think that all of these movements have come from somebody that has had the courage to not think about what to not think about the consequences yep. and to stand for something that's greater than themselves mm-hmm. and we need more people in the world like that yeah and it, it, it that's where a community aspect comes in it's these are the conversations that you know we definitely don't have enough. And I, I, you know, as an athlete and being in certain positions, there were so many times where I was afraid to speak out because I didn't know if it was going to be politically correct. I wasn't trying to play one side or the other, but I didn't want to jeopardize my livelihood. But there is, there's definitely a way you can do that and align yourself. Um, and we're, but we're, we're seeing that so much more now. Um, do you feel there's, you know, kind of a double standard when it comes to men and women on what they can say. For example, the the Serena Williams, uh, one of the big stories this year was Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. And there's a lot of debate on who was right and who was wrong. But, you know, how do you feel about that situation or the conversation about the double standard in sports with men and women? Yeah. I mean, there's a woman that knows her worth, mm-hmm. first of all, Serena. Um, you know, I I think that when we, when we bring equality to the forefront, we need to consider mm-hmm. the bigness uh, in the small, yeah. right? So something like making that call, thinking about, yeah, what what would it look like if that call was made if she if she were a male mm-hmm. or if she just were someone else? Yeah. Um, so I think we need to really be conscious and consider those things across all careers, mm-hmm. like sport being one of them for sure. You know that that that's one of those situations that obviously she's under a lot of pressure and under stress, but stress management and you know what people go through on a day to day, I'm going to just take this into the high noon thing. Cause yeah. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, is it's a real thing. Athletes go through it. Business people go through it. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the, the, the developing concept of, of high noon. Can you take us, take us through that and, and, and the whole goal behind that? Yeah. So Short and sweet is I always wanted a community space. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I'd, and at first it was a coffee space where I had a coffee slash community space in the f- foreground. And then in the background was this agency mm-hmm. where I helped brands and I consulted with brands. And then I evolved that to be like, wait, what is the um, what is a topic that we're not talking about that all of us deal with on mm-hmm. a daily basis? And I, I mean – the state of the world is that suicide rates are, are yeah. rising, it's, right? It's a real thing. Stress management, yeah. burnout, mental health. Yeah. I mean, mental health is is something that we don't speak about enough. Mm-hmm. And when we speak about it, we people feel shame to even speak about it. Yeah. And for me, High Noon came into you know fruition because I was like, okay, what do I love about community? And yeah. The biggest part about my about the community that I have around me is that it's not about who are the people that are that I'm going to have good times with. It's yep. who are the people that are going to lift me when I'm down, and exactly. who are the people that I'm going to lift when I'm down, mm-hmm. uh, when they're down. And high noon came into fruition because this community space, what it does is it truly takes on the topic of stress, mm-hmm. and it how I think of it is the. It's funny how we've thought about like so being socially conscious is positive. Yeah. But being self-conscious is negative. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but wait, how can we be socially conscious without actually being self-conscious? Yeah. Right? So 
the whole aspect is you come in for self, you leave for others. Mm -hmm. So like you come in and yes, there, it is a coffee work, um, work slash workspace. It also is a community space where we'll be hosting events. Those events will be anything from, you know, conversations about race, conversations about equality, um, like conversations that actually have depth. Well, and actually having the conversation. Yeah. There's there's so many times where people are just not talking about these things. And, you know, you're hearing more and more about it in the media now. And again, I'm going to kind of pull it back to sports and, and, and the mental health is such a major thing and the burnout. But there's so many tools out there that are available. Um, but people are just really, really reluctant or the they don't really know who to go to to start down that right path. Yeah. I mean, there is no tool greater than a community, mm-hmm. right? Like I I have friends and I want those friends to be able to sit across from me and be like, Megan, I'm in the lowest of low points of my life Yep. and I've considered taking my life. And mm-hmm. I want them to know that they're in a space that I would never judge them. Like this is a space of non-judgment. I think that that's where – um, that's what we need more of from a community standpoint mm-hmm. of like spaces of non-judgment, spaces where you can share openly of whatever you're going through and somebody's there to pull you out. And I think sports is a really great example. Some may feel like they have that team, yeah. right? Where that's, I think the beauty of sports is you have a team and you go through wins and you go through losses together, yeah. right? And I'm sure that there are a number of teams that feel like they can share those wins and losses that they have in life with one another. Um, but then there may be some that are missing that. Mm-hmm. And I do feel we often put people on pedestals. Yeah. And then those people feel like they need to live up to to that to help people see them. Yep. Right? Coming up, you're gonna hear Megan's routine and how that helps her play at a high level in business. I want to know who you'd like to see on the game plan. Hit me up on Instagram at DaleMoss13 or at thegameplanpodcast.com and let us know. And if your suggestion makes it on, I'll give you a shout out on the show. Let, let's get into this routine. What are, what are some of your routines that really allow you to play at a high level when it comes to business when i'm on top of my game on top of the yeah. game on okay. top of the game uh just to be clear there's ebbs and flows in the routine we're, no, gonna, but, we're gonna discuss yeah, it all yeah yeah um but when i'm on top of my game i mean each morning i like slow start to the morning mm-hmm. when i have a rush start it just doesn't work yep. like start out with self um my first moment is like partner like my you know having mm-hmm. a partner that I live with that goes through the that rolls through all of life with me. There's yeah. like this moment of gratitude for him each and every morning. Um, and then I meditate. I write in my five minute journal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to train. Like training in the morning is actually really important to me. It's yeah. it's that moment of solitude where and solitude is actually is very important to my routine of yeah. starting the day with self. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go to the gym, I'll do my training program, and then I'll start my day with more so before, t- before going to email, like tackling what I actually have to, have to do. Have to get done. Yeah. I always say, and, uh, I always say that I'd rather play more offense than defense, right? Mm-hmm. Defense is essentially my emails, right? Yeah. If I'm playing defense all week, I haven't lived up lived up to my fullest potential yeah. that week. So um, I really try to separate it and play offense first because I can play defense when I'm honestly half-ass. Mm-hmm. Like I can answer emails at 4 p.m. or 9 p.m. But like to use my prime time, the most efficient, yeah. it's me ideating, me being creative, me reading um, to really just like think bigger yeah. and to plan ahead. Um so that's essentially what I do. And then at night, part of my routine is reflecting. It's it, it's interesting when you talk about playing the offense. So, you know, how can someone who in the sporting space, if they want to play offensive and, and, <laughs> and be be active in working with, you know, a brand or even a community and engaging with their community, how, how, how can they be proactive in that? 
I mean, one is is learning more about that company, mm-hmm. right? Like learning that company's core values, that company's vision and mission, yep. right? Like start there, and that's probably online. Mm-hmm. That's that's an easy start. Yeah. Um, and then two, like going into the store, if they have a brick and mortar or asking that person, if it's a smaller business or even mm-hmm. a bigger business, asking somebody that works there via LinkedIn, via Instagram. I mean, there's so many ways to connect with people for coffee, just, mm-hmm. to, just to hear more about them. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's always ways in, you just may be blind to them mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So I think just learning as much as you can, yeah. right? Even before you have that first coffee, because you could be thinking about a company all day long and then not doing the work yourself. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you could be like, wait, this company is actually isn't aligned with what I believe yeah. in. Um, so I'd say do the work beforehand. And, that, and that's something that uh, when we talk about longevity, uh, and working, you know, being around people you want to want to want to work with, they're growing within yeah. a brand. Um, you know, ha- looking for longevity. Do you have any advice for someone who's looking to position themselves to work with a brand four years down the road, or give them an opportunity later? Yeah, I always say, what's the long term? You're you're playing a. It's really a long term game, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that I'm doing now has motion that supports the long term. Uh-huh. Right. So thinking about, okay, if I work with a smaller brand now, this smaller brand I can like what are the benefits that working with this smaller brand that can help link me to this larger brand later on. Yeah. Right. So just thinking about because sometimes we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We always want we want we want it to be successful yesterday before saying, hey, there's so much opportunity within mm-hmm. this partnership right now. Yep. And this I can learn as much as I can. So then when this comes along, which is this bigger partnership, I'm ready. I just have more tools for my toolbox, yeah. right? And it's something for us to consider like how are you getting tools for your toolbox? And it's something I I think of really frequently where I may say, hey, this isn't the best client for me right now Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's not what I want to do in the long run. But there are so many tools that working with this client or this partner is going to give me that it's going to yield the result. Yeah. And this is best for the end result. So the end game. Yeah. And when you look at it differently, Mm -hmm. it shifts the way you work. Yeah. Completely, completely, you know, and, and being able to, uh, I think that's where, where I fell into a rut so many times. A, I, I knew what I wanted. I was so used to getting money fast, changes fast, games were coming every week. So transitioning into that business space or even just a career path, it was really, really difficult for me to grasp that concept. Um, and look at how this was going to benefit the the end goal because traditionally everything was mapped out for yeah. literally <laughs> week one to week eighteen, um, which is something uh, you know that's that's hard to transition out of. Um, and and I think within that it's you starting at a different level, exactly. right? Yeah, like you were skilled, you were at a certain level, and now to transition and figure out something new, you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I'm starting from a completely different place now. Yeah, where I am not the most skilled. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just listening to Kobe say that of like him in basketball, and it took him getting injured to say, oh shit, this can end tomorrow, and if it ends tomorrow. What, what what else will I do? Yeah. So I have to learn, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's an important piece is like just being willing to learning yeah. and making sure that you have those people around you that can help you learn, mm-hmm. yeah. that and, will teach you. Yeah, and that's that's sometimes not always the easiest thing to find. Um, when we go, uh, so we talked about obviously routines when it's good. Yeah. Uh, and you said, what about when it's not <laughs> when so it's good? Bad? What's that? Yeah, what's that like? I mean, I've actually, I've gone through like a, a three month, rut because I had just been focused on work, 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 mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I can start work at 7am right when I wake up. So I'll start work at 7am. And then before you know it, I'm working until 10 until midnight. And then before you know it, I'm breaking down. The burn, the burnout is real. Oh, the burnout is totally real. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, and and it's, I use the term self-hospitality, mm-hmm. like how am I hospitable to self so I can be hospitable to others. And, um, It was this moment of I had to fall on my face and Mm -hmm. kind of break down to realize like this, this wasn't just a moment in time. This was me just like 
going back to total grind mode yeah. and it was deteriorating me. And mm -hmm. I had to get back to being hospitable to myself and going back to my routine. Like, Does that, does that when, when you talk about that, that grind and uh, to, to, to the point it's breaking you down, was that something that was out of motivation or was it maybe a Fear, fear of, oh, of failing. Oh, both uh -huh. for sure. I think fear probably mostly yeah. for sure. Um, fear of just like, you know, I'm, I'm out on my own now. And as an entrepreneur, you know, before I had this anxiety about not living, a, feeling like my career didn't fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And now I have a fulfilling career, but I'm also an entrepreneur and I'm like, okay, I've got to carry my own weight at all yep. times. Like nothing is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. um, so that fear, I let eat away at me. Yeah, And it ate away at me so much until the point of like, okay, I felt terrible. I wasn't a good partner. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a good friend. Definitely wasn't a good daughter. Like all of these things end up falling apart when you're not hospitable to self, Yeah, um, which is a big essence. So I always think of like, okay, Meg, like, you, I need to live and breathe high noon because mm -hmm. one, that is my best life, right? Like yeah. getting to this peak and, um, but I know that I'm, I'm always going to, we're, we'll always hit moments of the low, mm -hmm. but it's about how you bounce up. Exactly. So, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's, I'm not saying that like we all have lows, but mm -hmm. it truly is about how fast we can bounce out of it. Yeah. So, so there's so many, uh, so many times when as an athlete, you talk about self-care, but you have trainers, teams, facilities, they're taking care of you in a sense physically. So um, what advice would you give for someone when they do take that step, when they no longer have the trainers, you know, mending their wounds and everything yeah. to, to really find that passion, find that love and yeah. Yeah. Self-care comes from you, mm -hmm. right? Like there, there is nobody nobody that should replace your self-care routine for you, Yep. right? Like I always used to say, like even on teams, when teams are looking, oh, I don't get developed by my leader anymore. I'm like, well, we're adults now. And at one point you become an adult and you say, I am responsible for my own development. Mm -hmm. And we are, like we're all responsible for our own development. So that's the biggest thing that I would say is yeah. get into the habit of taking on your own self-care mm -hmm. because there will be one day that somebody isn't there to do the little things for you and you will probably feel like you hit rock bottom, yep. but you haven't. Um, you know, with your background in marketing and the ever-growing presence of social media, how can athletes develop an authentic brand that resonates with their audience? Yeah, I'd say just as you know, the same conversation that we've had about athletes picking brand partnerships, like athletes need to know what their own core values are, mm -hmm. right? Like, what are you going to share to the world and why does the world care? Um, I think that's a big component of it is um, just knowing, like I said before, your voice is a differentiator and mm -hmm. how are you going to share your voice and like, what are you going to talk about? Yeah. And like, what is the gap that you're closing? Um and I, I do feel like the the best athletes via social are really honest. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like are bold. And that's what I would say is like be honest, be bold, because mm -hmm. that's how you differentiate, right? Yeah. Like because and really really yeah. um make an impact with the community. Cause these are leaders. Yeah. That platform is so powerful and and, and it's a voice. So maybe they, you know. And, and that's a way to really create change, um, you know, in in a community on a national, on a global scale, uh, by just being open, being vulnerable, which most people are so guarded and they feel that they can't reveal those things. Yeah, I think that you know something that I would share too is like character, mm -hmm. right? Like character to me trumps skill any day of yep. the week, right? Mm -hmm. And and character is depth. Like character is individuality. Like character is what truly like you walk into a room and you have character, that mm -hmm. person shines. Yeah. Right. And brands are taking notice of that. Yeah, they they want to align themselves with someone that they can work with for years to come. Yeah. And I and I think that should you ha having this platform via social mm -hmm. to share that character 
is a really beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I look for social too and I'm like, okay, there's it's so often that I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm like, man, what has Instagram given me? Mm-hmm. And what I would say in a real a pretty long time is that it hasn't given me much. Yeah. From like the evolution standpoint. Mm-hmm. So if you're an athlete and you have something to share and you have a voice and you have perspective, like share that. Is is that is Instagram, is social media a tool or is it a barrier when it comes to uh branding for these at like how is social how can social media be most effectively used? Yeah. I think it's I think it can absolutely be a tool mm-hmm. and it's the way you use it. The way you use it. Okay. Right? Like it's it's so often we're and this is, mind you, a joke and it's like, hey, so is it your Instagram life or your real life? Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, like why isn't your Instagram life yeah. your real life? Yep. Right? And is that because you're too afraid to share the ugly, but people learn from the ugly. Yeah. Like, you know, I I have so many like failures and misses and ugly sides to my character. Mm-hmm. And those that's the shit that I learn from every and that's single the, that, day. The, the beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And because every everyone has everyone has issues. Everyone's if got, they got told, their things. If they tell you they don't, they're lying they, to you. If, they're <laughs> what do they say? If your shit doesn't stink. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, everybody's everybody's <laughs> yeah. does no and that's that's so true and uh, you know just being able to really open up and and express that um so you know we t- we touched on this a little bit earlier too one thing i want to get in is to going along with the c- community but philanthropy um affiliations um you know are there any specific um organizations that you work closely with um, none that I'm working closely with right now. It is something that I'm thinking about from the context of mm-hmm. high noon, yep. right? Like who can I work closely with in regards to stress, to mental health, mm-hmm. um, and even beyond that, yeah. um, to really support and like have these bigger conversations in support of, um, So maybe that's, let, let, let's rephrase this question. Yeah. What are some initiatives that just really resonate with you um, and you really believe in? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say conversations that I look to have and that I'm passionate about having is one related to the female conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not um, female to male or male to female, but it's female to female. Yeah. Right. I think we talk, we speak a lot about, um, the relationship between opposite sex, but we don't speak a lot about the relationship to same sex. Mm-hmm. And I mean, growing up, I was bullied by females yeah. my entire life. Like it actually has been the opposite of a lot of stories where I have been, you know, bullied by females and treated nicely by males. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's something that we need to talk about more. Why like, do you think there is that? Why, yeah. why do you, why do you feel that? Well, I think that society it's funny. I've, I, you know, I was listening to the new Chris Rock and he, he, <laughs> and, and now it's, it's funny because he brings up when a man meets a woman, his friends ask, what does she look like? And when a woman meets, meets a man, her friends ask, what does he do? Mm-hmm. And when I think about our society and I think about society pressures, I yeah. do think one female pressures are very much based on surface level. Mm-hmm. It's what I look like. Right. It's, you know, how fit I am, what I'm wearing, how beautiful I am. And then with male pressures, male to male, there is this competition of in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, you know, what I hope for females, like, for instance, I've joined um, the wing, which is a women's only workspace. And I joined there not because I needed a a space away from men. Mm -hmm. Um, I joined there because I wanted to give myself another opportunity to give women another opportunity into my life Yep. because I had been bullied my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a conversation that I'm really passionate about having. Um, the second is like the, is truly around mental health mm-hmm. because I do think it's a conversation that we don't have in a, in a manner that it deserves. Yeah. Right. Um, and like I, I bring up the the term suicide, and I've had friends and and just knowing people that have committed suicide, and I always look into where was my responsibility in that moment, mm-hmm. 
not in a sense of it is my fault, and in a sense of could I have asked a question. So why are more female athletes not speaking up about mental health issues or if, if they have them? It's, it's a good question. I don't know. And I, and I do, I would say maybe I do know, but I, this is an assumption. The assumption is that they're not speaking out because they're worried about being judged. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I do think that that is something that, that saddens me that somebody can feel like they can't share where they're at in their life Mm -hmm. because, they're afraid that somebody is going to take away something from them. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just think from, that it's... From a branding perspective, you know, and, and I've thought about this. It's, it's interesting. How do brands align with certain people? And, and these, are, these are real life issues that everyone go, goes through. Are brands reluctant to align with someone who may be going through one of those tough times, in your opinion? I mean, they should, shouldn't, shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. I okay, mean, they shouldn't be. Um, because that's that's what being that's being human. Like mm-hmm. that's what life is. Yeah. Right. Like I, me at my low, and me talking about my low, mm-hmm. like it, it just gives other people like. And I think this is funny. We talk about our failures when we're in our successes. Yes. Right. Because or else it's an oh it's a wound that's open mm-hmm. and we don't want to share it. Yeah. Like meanwhile, what would it look like? The 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 time that you need to talk about it the most mm-hmm. is actually when the wound is open. Yeah. Because that's a part of healing. You know, and I, I do think that if brands gave athletes and, you know, or partners of any sort, like just a a vehicle to share their voice mm-hmm. during that low yeah. and for it to still be inspiring, yeah. that would be a really beautiful thing. Like mm-hmm. how many people would we be able to save? Yeah. And th- there's not a lot of brands that that are doing it. You know, This is something that's been going on for a long time, down and out. Uh, I'll just touch base on it with Cap. You know, this is one of the few instances where a brand is actually backing someone who's you know, going against the grain, uh, there's a lot of social issues involved. Do you see that trend picking up more with brands? Yeah, I think the brands that are bold enough to play, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you you have to be really bold. Yeah. And I respect those bold brands. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the brands that I support. Um, I do very much support Nike and how big they are into, like, the equality conversation mm-hmm. and to – to being bold with their voice. Yeah. Um, I respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they're, it just shows me that they care. Yeah. Cause that's not easy, especially when you scale on that size no to way. tie your name to it. And when you're it, a global brand, like that isn't easy. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you may take a hit. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that we see constantly in sports. And that's that battle going on between league, team, and player. Time and time again. So, all right. So we've we've covered a lot of topics throughout today's episode, and you know I'm going to leave this with with you and the final thought. You know what is what do you want the audience to take away from this this episode? Yeah, I guess if it's the the biggest takeaway that I would say, there may be a few of them. Um, is like this aspect of self hospitality, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like and knowing your worth. Yep. And that goes into a line with, you know, what we spoke about. If you want to have a brand partnership, like knowing your core values, like knowing what you're worth mm-hmm. and the value that you bring to that brand partnership and don't shortchange yourself. Yeah. That's like knowing your worth as a female in a meeting with all males. Mm-hmm. Like I'm frequently in a meeting with all males and every day I remind myself of what I worth and I walk in that room and I own that room. Own, yeah, own it. Yeah, it's, yeah, own it. You yeah. know, like there is so much power in being a female, mm-hmm. you know, and just own that. Um, and I end with the values of relationships. Like when yeah. I think about true wealth, I think about who I go through life with, mm-hmm. right? And that's the partner that you pick. That's the friends that you have around you. And just like the partner that you pick, you hope to pick a partner that helps you evolve. Yeah. Those people around you should help you evolve too. Completely. And if they're pulling on your leg and you're drowning, it is time to let them go. Mm-hmm. And 
you like as you evolve, new relationships come together. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in no new friends. I believe in yes new friends. No, no new friends. Yeah, I am all about friends. yes new friends. Okay. So that's what I would leave with. All right, and then and then what's next for? Mayor, Mayor Dolce, Megan Dolce, what, what, what else is coming up? Um, what else is coming up? Honestly, just really working on high noon mm-hmm. and getting that up and running. Um, yeah, so just working on the full concept of what it looks like as a brick and mortar space. How do we expand it? What does it look like from the digital space, mm-hmm. podcasts, and so on? Yeah. Um, so really thinking about that. Yeah. 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 So, no, it's, uh, it, it's so exciting to hear. Uh, the wealth of knowledge, but your perspective from a marketing standpoint, uh, a woman in business and an entrepreneur and transitioning, um, you know, from a corporate structure to, to where you are now. And also this passion project that is surely going to help, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So uh, it, it's a beautiful thing for sure. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, I, I like that. So Megan, thank you so much for being on the show today. So how, how can the, the audience connect with you uh, on social media? Where can they find you? Um, social media, it's at Mayor Dolce. Mayor Dolce, okay. <laughs> um, self-proclaimed Mayor of Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at Mayor Dolce on okay. social. All right. And uh, any anywhere else, anything else you got for the audience? Um, no, more to come related to High Noon and you know, additional ways that we can connect for sure. Okay, great. Exciting things ahead. Thank you so much, Megan. Uh, and best of luck with the development of High Noon. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to you tuning in next week for another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. What's your game plan? I am a champion. I win it, I win it all. The Game Plan with Dale Moss is produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2018, the Dale Moss brand, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.